You're listening to Conversations with the Royal Empress, where we are spiritually and mentally reawakening the original black woman by providing educational training tools and resources designed to inspire, empower, and elevate. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. I am Akilah Shabazz, and joining me are my fellow co-hosts, Dr. Hakima J. Muhammad and Lakishe Nadira Muhammad. Our topic is one we think that most Black women can relate to. We certainly relate to it, and we're pretty sure that you will, too. Our subject today is, I'm not your superwoman. The Black woman, overworked, overwhelmed, and over it. Reclaiming our time and reducing stress. So what you're going to hear in the show today are strategies for reducing stress, for taking care of ourselves. Answering those questions like, why are we overwhelmed and overworked? What is it? Is it our families? Is it our children? Is it the organizations we belong to, our careers, our mates, our spouses? Is it all of the above? We are performing major balancing acts. The stress level, Black women, is through the roof. So later on in the show, we will go into our solution segment where we will actually offer you strategies that work for us. And I'm going to go ahead and just start the show out by saying to the world, I am not your superwoman. We're talking about it privately. We need to talk about it openly. And we need to have this conversation. What are we going to do about it? Personally, sometimes I feel like Hagar lost in the wilderness. And I think there are a lot of other women that feel that same way. And I'm looking at my sister, uh, Lockie Shea over here, and I, yeah, right, sis, you agree with what I'm saying, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I bear witness. <laughs> um, I believe that women, Black women more specifically, we are tired. <laughs> we are in many forms stressed. And so I can definitely relate. Uh, We have a full plate. We are expected to do so much and be so many things to so many people. So it's easy for us to fall in the category of looking and appearing as if we are superwomen, mainly because that's what people expect us to be, you know, over the years. Um, throughout history, throughout the annals of time, Black women have really been looked upon as superwoman. That superwoman, not just by her, her male, um, her mate, her husband, her spouse, not just by um, her children, but society has always looked at us as the superwoman. So it's not a surprise that we are feeling like, ah. Oh, I'm overworked, I'm too tired, you know, like I'm exhausted. And um, it's time that we reclaim, (laughs) you know, our time and not be overstressed, overworked, um, because that's exactly where we are as a whole, I believe. And statistics say so. There's an article that I would like to uh, discuss that I read. It's an article in the New York Times that came out April of this year, and the title of the of the article is called "The Strong and Stressed Black Woman," and mm. and 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 I'm going to read a paragraph in it because it was just so spot on. It says, "The strong black woman is a cultural icon," and so as when I read that first sentence, I said, "Oh my God!" It's just as black woman, that's just what we believe that we're supposed to be strong black women. So let me finish. The strong, black, the strong black woman is a cultural icon, born a black woman's resilience in the face of systematic oppression that has dismantled families and made economic stability a formidable challenge. She is self-sufficient and self-sacrificing. She is a provider, caretaker, and homemaker, and often she is suffering. 
Now, this article was written by a, a sister. She's also a, a psychologist as well. So um, in the article, she talks about uh, black women. And just when she's counseling them, there was one sister in particular was, it was like a secret session because, you know, in our community, uh, seeking help from a psychologist is frowned upon. So in, in, in her experience of dealing with black women is, is that as black women, we have to constantly have this facade that we are strong, that nothing bothers us, that we can't be weak. And so I thought, man, that's just very spot on to our topic today uh, because we, even though we, we, we always said it was a song, I forgot the artist's name who made it. Uh, we say, I'm not your superwoman. And, I, and Alicia Keys also did a song about superwoman. But we believe wholeheartedly yeah, right. that we have to be that. Yeah, Karen White, you're right. It's like we believe wholeheartedly in our mind and by our experiences from either our mother, our grandmother, our aunties, that we have to be a superwoman in order for us to, for our nation to, to sustain. And, and she's right. But you know what? I think that we have worn that cape. Many, many women have worn that, that superhero cape where they think that we have to do everything for everybody. And in doing everything for everybody, it's like we don't take time out for ourselves. And we pay a heavy price for that. You know, I mean, how many of us have sat on the phone with our friends just venting, just trying to download? everything that we go through and it's like the only other people that really understand where we're coming from is other black women who are going through that same thing sometimes i think we wear it like a badge of honor like we're supposed to be all of this uh you know and i've heard people say you know the black woman is superwoman she's you know she's incredible and really yeah we do have those super women characteristics but when do we take time for ourselves we, you know, we're constantly well, trying to pour from a, a, a empty cup. This is so true, Akila. This is so true. When do we take time for ourselves? And as you stated, this is something, again, that people, everyone really, has always looked at the black woman as being that super strong woman. You're talking about capes. Hell, we got every color. We got orange, black, green, yellow, purple pink, lavender, we got every color cape that there is with an S, <laughs> you know, representing the super black women. We dress it up. We even got heels to go with the cape and a crown too, because we've been taught that the only way for us to actually be is to be that strong black woman. And this is historical. If you look at how we've been viewed and how, um, or what people have expected of us, you know, we were women who supplied our natural milk to give to other women's children when we couldn't even feed our own. Meaning we were the women who fed, breastfed other people's babies. Imagine that. And then having to go home and hear your babies are looking and wishing that they can nurture off of the natural tenderness of their mother's golden milk. Here we are women who were in the cotton fields at one point and then end up going into labor right there in the cotton fields, giving birth and then not giving any time off but expected to be back the next day to aid a family that wasn't ours in supporting their household. So this is something that has followed us for a very long time. And just think, anything that's done over a period of time, over and over and over again, it almost becomes natural. It becomes something that you get used to. So in our case, we got used to it. So we got used to being served this or being of service to someone else. And expecting, knowing that that was something that was expected of us, and us not expecting anything less, then having to come home, taking care of family, taking care of our spouses, 
you know, in all the other things that we do. So, again, this is something that we are just used to. But is it even natural? Is it even natural? We've been guinea pigs in just about every medical science project there is. They've used the black woman to pick not only her brain but to pick her body, to put her out on display, to find out what works medically, the black woman. So it's been expected. It's been just what people have done, including ourselves. Makashe mentioned something about us wearing a strong black woman as a badge. And, and, it's, and it's, it's, it's interesting that you said that because um, the doc, her name is, is Dr. Inger E. Burnett Seigler is the name. Uh, or was printed as, as the name of the person who, is, uh, who wrote the article or who was being interviewed. But anyway, in, in, in the uh, article that is written by the person, um, they mentioned something about us as black women wearing a strong black woman label as a badge of honor. It's like we're very proud of that. We don't want the world to see us crack. But silently, we're suffering mentally and, and physically because of that. So I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I think the stress is overwhelming. Uh, for us, when you, uh, it, you know, and I, and I appreciate her pointing that out in that article because it is, and it's like we don't have to wear badges. It's like we, I think that our title as being strong people is etched in stone, is etched in history. It's like we don't, we, we don't have to keep holding on to it. It's, um, I was looking up some information as I was thinking about how overworked we are, how overwhelmed we are how stressed out many of us are. And we know this, we don't have to look at statistics, we know this from talking to one another. But I, I looked at it and I'm like, how is this affecting us? You know, you think about the suicide rate. And then I looked up the information and it showed that black women are the least likely out of any group to commit suicide. There's an article from the American Association of Suicidology that talked about in 2014, they said that there were 475 African-American female suicides in the United States. And that the, the suicide rate of African-American females was the lowest among men and women of all ethnicities. And the CDC um, report actually bears witness to this in terms of the numbers. So I think it's like only one point something percent of all suicides are committed by black women. That in and of itself to me speaks to the strength that we have but what are our outlets? What are we doing? Because it's still affecting us in a certain way. I'm, I'm happy that it's not in that manner, you know, and that's something to say, but still, but, what, what, but it's still affecting us. And how else is it affecting? Well, we're, we're suffering in silence. Mm -hmm. we're, we're suffering in the silence of our mind. We have learned over a period of time how to self-medicate. We self-medicate with food. We have taken food as a comfort and we may eat ourselves, you know, to death. <laughs> then we get the bottle. We say everything is okay. All we got to do is just get a bottle and we may drink ourselves to death. And I say to death, although I really say it lightly, but in some cases, I'm saying to the detriment of ourselves, maybe not necessarily the physical death, and in some cases it is the physical death, but just to the detriment of ourselves and our family. So we eat or overeat, we drink constantly, overdrink. And this is not all of us. Some will hear this and say, well, that's not me. I don't drink. I don't eat. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you have sex. You know, maybe we may fulfill ourselves in different ways. So it, we self-medicate. We find something that we attach ourselves to. And in some cases, or most cases, it's usually unhealthy because we go to an extreme seeking to find balance. So if it's not alcohol, if it's not, you know, um, men, if it's not sex, if it's not eating, maybe it's, um, I don't know, uh, gossip or maybe it's finding ourselves in a organization where we feel like we belong but in truth we don't belong or maybe it's in our children sometimes people have unhealthy relationships 
with their children because they're trying to attempt to hide from the reality of what their world is. And when I say unhealthy relationships, I made, I'm talking about like things, you know. Um, you know how we just overindulge ourselves. We go to the extreme trying to escape the reality. So it's many things that we do all in the attempt to escape from the pain that we feel. And most of the time is dysfunctional. It becomes a normal abnormality, meaning that we are so used to it or, or we, and that we begin to treat it as if it's a normal practice of everyday living, but in truth, it's not normal at all. Wow, that's a uh, normal abnormality. Is that how you, what you said? That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, that, that was such an a, a awesome way to, to analyze that, that what our behaviors, something that's abnormal, we've done it so long that it's become normal to us. And we don't even realize what we're doing. Uh, because it's become a part of our everyday. It's become a part of our normal. And we think that that's just the way that we're supposed to operate. That's just amazing. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, when you said that, it, one of the things that came to mind, and this is very dysfunctional, and I don't, I'm not even trying to go here with this one, but <laughs> the movie Precious, okay, which some saw it as just a, a, a sick movie altogether. Yeah. Other people appreciated it for different reasons. Um, I won't give my full opinion on it, but there was complete dysfunction in this household, right? But those who were participating or a part of the dysfunction in, in their mind, this was, this was normal behavior. So it became a normal abnormality. You know, look at people who are in, re in situations where they are abused and it has become norm in their household. If something is the norm in your world, you don't see that there's anything wrong with it. And maybe when you even are around other people, where they're actually doing normal things, you're looking at them weird because this is not your norm. So that's what I mean. I just wanted to kind of give a little more definition to what I was um, trying to get across. It basically is something that in your mind, because it's been taking place for so long, like if you come home to a house where everybody in the house is, is using or misusing, using drugs, that may not be my norm, but that might be your norm. And so anything other than that, that's just norm. You're walking over it, or if you go to someone's house, I remember growing up, real talk, <laughs> I had neighbors, and when I went to their house, they had infestation of bugs, roaches in particular. That was not normal for the house that I grew up in. But when I went to their house, they asked if that was normal. I mean, they crawled all over the places. I would literally freak out. And my grandmother, she would be, <laughs> before I came back in her house, she's like, look, if she didn't just about get me out of all those clothes, because, like, you're not bringing this back in my house. But the point that I'm making is in their house, that was normal. I mean, they crawled up the walls. You could look in the ceiling. They would drop from the ceiling. No judgment here, but that was not my reality. So that was not the norm for me, but that was normal for them. It was no big deal. It was like, oh, roaches, rats rolling through the house. So when we are, as black women, we have been functioning, unfortunately, in situations where we are so used to pain, we're so used to being stressed out. We're so used to being tired. These are just signs of stress, exhaustion, bitter, angry, mad, back pain, you know, constant headaches. So you're just so used to getting a Tylenol. Oh, give me, go give me a bottle of Tylenol. Go give me my cools, you know. <laughs> um, go give me my Newport because we're also self-medicating, but this is the norm. That's all.
Yeah. So we so we we figured out how to just uh, adjust to that reality and how to deal with it. That's what mm-hmm. it sounds like. Yes, yes, yes. I, I think we've identified uh you know, the label of being a superwoman and and, be, and and how that causes us to be stressed out, uh, overwhelmed, um, abnormal behavior becoming normal. But I mean, we had, I would definitely like to discuss those examples of, of what a superwoman looks like. Because we could be that superwoman and say, I ain't nobody superwoman, but yet we live in that superwoman life. And then we mm-hmm. can't figure out why we stressed out. So I definitely want to identify that and, and, and I want to identify that right now. Let me talk about some of those causes of, of taking on too much and having an overwhelming life and not understanding why we're being so stressed out. And one of them is we're living a life that's not conducive to our nature. We're putting way too much on ourselves. This uh, patriarchal society, which is not conducive to black men and women, it's not. See, in, this, in the patriarchal society, women have no value. So... Every day we're living this life that's not conducive to our nature. That's stressful for any woman, especially the black woman, because our natures and our society, the black society is a matriarchal society where black women have value. We have say-so. It's very stressful to have so much to offer and so much to say, but it's not being valued when you say it. Um, another way that we're being superwoman, you know, we work, but we have relationships and those relationships can be demanding. Now, after working a 40 hour work week or a 60, 70 hour work week, you got to give 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 hours to a relationship. Yep. Now, if that ain't a superwoman, we wearing all kinds of capes with, as Lakashe you mentioned earlier. Another one is, is motherhood. I mean, after working those hours, what we have to do, help our children with homework. Uh, we have to, our children fight. Now we got to be, we got to be the judge <laughs> and the jury at home. We got to resolve conflict. Um, it's so much involved in being a motherhood. Our children tell us about the problems of their day and now we have to be counselor. After, after dealing with so much that we had to do in the day. Yeah. I mean, that, that, and then we have no time, no time for self-attention or pampering. So, Except when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> but how, how many children. how many can be in the bathroom where you ain't got that knock 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 mommy what you doing when you coming out ma, ma. <laughs> sit, sit at the door waiting on you to come out as soon as you call out the door there's your child at the door with with some issue man or your man hey baby let me tell you something and you sitting there like can i have five minutes on the toilet i just want to Five minutes, I ain't asking for nothing more. And, oh, and you oh, have to oh, do it okay. with your children. So you, they all have to do it like they can't function without you. Not to mention, Akima, uh, we do go to the bathroom for, for the other people who didn't know. Because, you know, sometimes we so super women, people didn't even know. We, 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 I mean, I'm sorry. But we you do take that? leaks. You know, we have to. We can't hold it in. <laughs> You're a so super woman. You can't hold it in. You, can't, you don't have time for that. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, we, we laugh about it. But, see, black women are very great at laughing to prevent from crying. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. So either we're going to laugh. But we're going to cry. And so most of, us, most of us have just chosen that, you know, we, we will laugh. We will smile. You know, after we didn't walk through the mud and, <laughs> you know, been beat up. It reminds me of, um, man, shoot, Tina Turner, right, in the movie. Um, Tina Turner, <laughs> was that the name of the movie? <laughs> Angela Bassett. You remember the, the scene when she was in all white? And they were were they at a hotel? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh I know you're talking and, about yeah right I know you're talking about and, yeah and um and um what's his name um Lawrence Fishburne whatever right I was just thinking of his his, his other name but he had basically beat up bloody mm-hmm. but when she got in that hotel when she was trying you know she got herself together <laughs> even though she you know bleeding and all messed up but that's us we'll go through hell but. Even though we went through hell, for those of us who wear wigs, we'll twist that wig right back on like she did. 
Like, you know, and so because that's what, that's what has been shown, you know, not only on the big screen, but that's really what's been shown in real life. Then that's what's expected. Like, Ma, what you doing crying? Ma, what you doing? You sick? Now, what happens when the black woman is sick, y'all? Come on now. Mm. What happens when the black woman is sick in her house? First of we, all, she yeah. really can't get sick. The black woman cannot afford to get sick. That reminds me of the, the movie or the play, A Day of Absence. What happened when black people just didn't show the hell up to work? But what happens to the black woman in her house when she's sick? <laughs> Companies can't even function. Mm-mm. Imagine if every black woman in America took a day off, one day. No, imagine if, if the black woman in the hells of North America took a half of a day off. The world would crumble. Don't be mad, y'all, because y'all know I ain't lying. Y'all know I ain't lying. No, you're right. You're right. The world functions on the back of the melanated black woman. Now, it's interesting you said that because, you know, I I try to follow what's going on in the business world. And there's so many companies where sisters is at the top of the food chain. I mean, their CEOs like Starbucks, is it? Um, if I'm not mistaken, they, they went and asked, um, what's her name? Melanie, what is her name? Gosh, I can't think of her. She was all the inv- she was well known for being over the investment fund. Melanie Hobbs, Hobson or Hobbs. Well, anyway, she was asked to right, be, I right. guess they hired her to be, to take over as CEO for Starbucks, if I'm not mistaken. But there's been several, other, I hope I'm not getting her confused with the company, but there's several other companies where I've seen Oh, now it's a black woman and CEO of a company. Now, can you imagine what her life is like? Because to be the CEO of a company, there ain't no, ain't no clock out time. You can't say, well, it's five o'clock, I'm going home. That's not the life of a CEO. Their life, their life of a CEO could start, you know, the clock could start at 4 or 5 a.m. and they may not get off. They may not stop working until later that evening. So can you imagine what the life of those sisters is like and if they're married and have children? Mm-hmm. Uh, Melody Hobson is who you were talking about. Yes, Melody Hobson. Yes, it. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's uh. Wow. I think that's the lady that's married to uh, George Lucas. Yes. Now she is. Yes, she is. Oh, so that is who they are. You said I didn't know that. I didn't. Yes. Know that yes. The same woman. Interesting. Very interesting. It's just really interesting how a lot of these companies work, though, and how they'll put a black woman over a corporation in a minute. But why is that? Yeah. This is a science to it. It's, it's, it's for many reasons, but it's definitely a science. It's well thought out. Because they, for one, they know that the black woman is traditionally known to sacrifice everything. Period. But I agree as far as the, the whole thing with everything stopping, because our households come to a standstill when we get sick. Our households come to a standstill. Everybody, can't nobody do nothing. They don't know where anything mm-hmm. is. They want to come to you to ask you how to fix something. I, I mean, <laughs> it's, it is. And God forbid, if, if something isn't clean, it's going to be like that until you get up out of that bed. <laughs> if you want to clean dishes, right, right. If you, you know, right. unless you, you want to clean right. Stick your kitchen floor. <laughs> right. You know right. <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> listen, I bear witness. I mean, I bear much witness. And here's a little self-disclosure. Because, <laughs> you know, sisters who are listening, I'm going to definitely keep it real. Now, recently I took on an assignment um, and it had me completely occupied. I had a couple of things going on at the same time. Well, I'm a woman who really prides myself on being able to cook a wonderful meal for my family. I'm big on nutrition and health and, you know, my family enjoys my cooking. And do you know that during this time where I was preoccupied with these many assignments, one in particular, but it it just took over. And I happened to notice that, dang, I had not cooked. And I mean, I'm embarrassed to say, but I'm just going to keep it real. And again, I'm a woman who loves to cook and my children love for their mother and wife to come home and cook three months in three months I probably hadn't cooked three meals and I'm keeping it real now that is not the norm in my household 
And when I, I didn't even realize it, I didn't even realize it. I mean, thank God I have a, a children, teenagers, and they know how to cook. They, I mean, their mother and their father have taught them well. So they weren't starving. But just when I realized that, wow, I have not prepared a meal. Real talk. Three meals in three months. So that's a meal per month, a meal every 30 days. I wasn't going out cooking or getting, you know, fast food or anything. I made sure we had groceries, but I did not prepare it. And when I sat down and thought about that, that hurt me to the core. Because here's something that's extremely important to me. And for a quarter of a year, almost. I've only made three meals in three months. Damn. What was it that I was doing that was that important that it took me off of my square? Well, I was distracted by other assignments that I chose to take on. And so that's just me and my situation. I'm pretty sure that many of us sisters out here listening can relate. Or have experienced the same thing. And you talk about stress. So when you're not eating healthy, but in my case, like I said, my children, thank God, they could cook a meal. But what happens when you're not eating healthy? And you, when you're pulling up to fast food? And when you don't have many choices because work costs. 50 plus years ago, work called maybe, or 60, 70 years ago, in the field, maybe that was your work calling. Now it's corporate America, or maybe you're a nurse and you have the midnight shift. Then you have to rush home early in the morning to get your children off to school because you got to do what you have to do. Or maybe you're a teacher teaching children all day long, and then you got to come home and teach your own. We wear many hats, many capes, but if we don't, if we're not careful, then we're going to get stressed. That's not even a question. If we're not careful, we will become imbalanced. And then the next thing you know, now we got a headache. Now we got a backache. Now our arm doesn't feel well. Now we're stroking out, you know? Yeah. I think just not just the, the women listening. I think us, all of us, you know, all three of us, can attest to all of this stuff as well, because I, I think really what struck me when you said that abnormal being the, the new normal, mm -hmm. it struck me because I realized how much I do and didn't realize that this is actually not really normal to just do all of this stuff. Maybe it's, it's become the normal for black women because we're so used to, to juggling. But I was talking, somebody told me, like, girl, what are you doing? I said, nothing. What you been up to? Nothing. And then I sit here and I go, okay, you run a business. You're taking, you know, you run a household. We have this podcast show that we're doing. I have retreats that I'm planning, trips that I'm planning. And, you know, and so you got all of these projects that you're working on. And I'm sitting there saying, oh, I'm not doing, I'm not, oh, I'm not doing much. And somebody mm -hmm. stopped me one day and they said to me, excuse me, did you just hear yourself? But right, we, have, right. we, have, we have psyched ourselves out to the point where we think that taking on all of these things, that it's, oh, okay, it's just what I do. But then, again, when, when do we take time out for ourselves? And um, I see my sister over here looking at me, Hakima. <laughs> I'm interested that you said that. We have to say no. We have to learn to say, I can't do that. And, it, yes, and but Lord. that goes back to that label of us feeling that we have to. We have to get out of that label. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with being that extraordinary woman, that royal empress, and still saying, no, I can't do that. Because, like for me, I do my double shifts, you know, and I still, I still marry. I still have my children. So it creates that stress if I'm not giving my husband his time. It creates that stress for me if I'm not giving my children that time, if I'm not counseling them when they need to be counseled because they're teenage girls. So I have to be there for them. So it creates that stress when I can't wait a minute. I haven't even spent time with my mom and dad. I got to do that. 
So, I mean, we create this stress for ourselves when we start to put our job first because as black women, we'll put that money first because we know that's what set up everything. Okay? It's going to be hard to be a mama you ain't got no money. It's going to be hard to be a woman you ain't helping bring no money in that household. It's going to be hard to do anything without money, so we make that priority. But sometimes we got to bring that balance in. You got to say, I gave this job 40 hours, and it's Wednesday. You ain't getting no more hours out of me, or you can only get 10 more, but I'm going to give my family another 10 hours the rest of this week, and I have to be able to balance that. I mean, sometimes your family can sacrifice, but they can't continue to sacrifice forever. Maybe one week you work so hard you don't cook, but then next week you better be Betty Crocker. Because then your family understands no, right. that it's a sacrifice and they're not losing. They just know, okay, but mama here, she here. The impact is so strong, but when she's not here, we understand that why she's not here. And that's something, too, that we have to explain to our family about the sacrifice that we make and why we make it. If you're not there for some of your children's baseball games, basketball games, whatever, you got to explain them why you're not there. I'm doing this for you. But that don't mean miss all them games. That don't mean miss everything. It means I can't make this one, but God willing, and, and I'm going to be at that next one, and that's where that balance comes in. That is, <laughs> that is so right. I came as you were talking, I'm cracking up in my head because I'm like, you know what? When you said, you know, if you missed out a whole week of cooking, then you better be Betty Crocker that next week. And so when I realized that I had sacrificed uh, and I didn't cook, one morning I got up, I was supposed to be on my way to do some work. I sat in the car in the driveway. I turned back. I turned the key off, Got came back in the house, went and washed my hands, and I went in the kitchen and started cooking. And people were looking, waking up, like, what, what the heck is going, going on, on up in here? I mean, everybody got up. And then they were just looking like they didn't say nothing because they didn't know if they opened their mouth. They didn't know what might happen. So they just kept quiet. And then next thing you know, I said, hey, food is ready. And they're like, okay. <laughs> because, again, it had become the normal abnormality mm. for three months. And right. they were afraid to even ask, <laughs> Mom, um, uh, do you think that you can Because uh, my, my son even said I looked at him funny. When I he wow. mentioned something about cooking, the look I gave him, <laughs> my husband even mentioned, like, what I, 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 can I do? Huh? What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, the, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go get something to eat. Uh, oh, yeah. not, this is ridiculous. But it had become a norm for a moment. Yeah. But you it know, was completely black abnormal. <laughs> huh? you know, I said, you know, black women got that look. We'll give you you know, we got that look. <laughs> you know, wait a minute, you know, grandma had it, my dear had it. We know. <laughs> uh, we know how to get an order. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't lying. That look Dude. is deadly, boy. Woo! But in that and look, and, and the look can mean so many different things. But we know <laughs> what it means. That's the funny thing. Yeah. We can communicate nonverbally just by giving that look. Yeah. Woman be in the store, and you look. You turn around and look at your child, or either a child cutting up in the store, and you look at yours like, "Huh? Try it." <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have experienced that. My mother would look, give me that look in the store when I was little. I knew exactly what that meant. Sit still, put your hands to the side, and look down because yeah. you know you're being watched. It's coming. But I was going to say that I also think in all of that, what we're saying, as far as balance, we have to take out me time. And that's, that's huge. And I think that that's kind yeah. of what, what we have to start looking at is we are this. We are these things. We do all of these things. We wear all of these capes. It's become our normal, but it doesn't have to be. I think that we have to start to learn how to reclaim our time. A la Maxine, <laughs> she told us about yeah. our time, but we do. And we have to learn how that it's okay to be self-full. And I like that term because you, you're not being selfish because you take time out for yourself. That's and right. you right. can fill yourself up with all that you need. So becoming self-full is important for women, and we have to embrace that. So although we carve out this time for our jobs, we carve out this time for our families, we carve out this time for our extracurriculars, we still have to carve out that time for us, for us to sit mm -hmm. down, 
to lower our stress because guess what? If we're stressed out and we're doing all that, we can't do any of these things for anybody. We the be- hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Yeah. We can't do anything. How can we? We're not going to function as well on our jobs that we love. We're not going to take care of our families the way that we should. We're going to yell at our children. We're going to, you know, we're going to overspend. We're going to do all of these things. So we have to learn how to turn inward sometimes. And I don't care if you come home and you say, you know what? 10 minutes. I'm going to start with just 10 minutes a day where I'm going to go in the room and everybody in here is going to give me these 10 minutes. And I don't care if you go in there and just twiddle your thumbs. (laughs) exactly exactly that's so important um akila that we take our time we have to we must we must reclaim our time because if we don't what it means to our family is death now whether that's physical mental spiritual emotional financial whatever because without us operating as we know when the black woman takes off And even if she's forced to take off because she's ill, then the house is not functioning. So we don't even want to get to that point. So it is better that we get our time on the front end than we get our time on the back end because somebody's sucking mints over our body because now we're no longer here. And that's a reality. I bore witness to see black women who slaved from sunup to can't see And at the end of the day, all they had to show for it was a headstone because they didn't make it home because they suffered some type of illness or some type of catastrophe in their life. It's serious. It's that serious. And I'm really appealing to our listening audience, sisters. If you don't take care of yourself, if we don't take care of ourselves, nobody else really can be responsible for taking care of us. Our children can't do it. Our husbands can't do it. Our mothers, our parents, our friends, they can't do it. They can assist. They can try. But it's not even their responsibility. We can't be all that we can be for someone else and not be all that we can be for ourselves. So I'm really big on that. You know, I just think that that is extremely important. We have to reclaim our time. I know we did our first podcast talking about reclaiming our crown, but a part of us reclaiming our crown means we must reclaim our time as well. Because if we don't reclaim our time, we won't have a crown to even worry about. Real talk. I, I want to thank you both for moving us into the solutions phase of our call because you all went right to it. So you made my job so easily. Um, well, I just want to mention those two things that you that you all both mentioned because now that we are in the solutions phase of our call, uh, definitely you have to make time for yourself, Akila. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, you have to make time for yourself and it, it's not about a lot of time but you mentioned at least 10 minutes and that's we don't understand how important that is um, next I also want to thank uh, Lakashe too I want to thank you for focusing on health because as black women that that becomes last on our priority list is focusing on our health because if we're not in good health we're not going to be anything to not going to be anything good to our family because if we're sick and not able to care for ourselves, we sure as hell can't take care of our family. So thank you so much, you two, for for transitioning us to solutions. Uh, Another thing that I want to mention as well is the importance of working out because that, that does help improve overall health. I actually this morning went to work out. And I really felt so good afterwards. I really didn't want to go this morning. I was ready to hang out with family, you know, enjoy each other, you know, have good food. But I went to work out. I forced myself to work out. But after working out, I felt so much better. And that is one solution that I would like to throw out there. We don't know how that makes our body that much stronger. It builds our immune system, so it makes it harder for us to get sick. So with a stronger immune system, you know you won't 
be sick as much. So I just want to throw that out as something that I that I do, um, that I try to, to do to keep myself in great health. And, and because of that, I'm more durable, so I can do more, put more on me. Can I add something to that solution uh, list? I would, I would say meditation. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I am a firm believer in meditation. And then I want to just direct people to, um, I, can't, I can't think of the date right now, but I will post it on our Conversations with the Royal Empress page. But I am, I am this month, I'm going to join um, Oprah Winfrey and Deepak Chopra on their 21-day meditation. And I do this multiple times a year. Because sometimes we get uh, distracted or we stop doing what we're supposed to do. It helps me to try to jumpstart my practice um, when I join in. And so some people don't know how to meditate. They're like, well, where do I start? How do I do this? And this is a guided meditation. And it's simple. And you can just sign up and just join in just to learn. But it, it, it makes a huge difference when you can just go inward and you know block everything out and just kind of focus it's just i think it's just huge in terms of stress and it definitely is a stress reliever for me oh my god i agree you know for me meditation has been a lifesaver for me i mean it's just a part of just uh, my everyday practice you know i have my children engaging it just helps to relieve and really set your day and your intentions from the very beginning it just relieve stress that before it even gets there. It gives you the tools necessary to redirect your mind so that you can have the power added back into your life to do exactly what you need to do to get yourself through that day. So Akila, thank you for mentioning that. That's, you know, one of my favorites. And of course, prayer, you know, um, I, I always hear the saying about prayer, the difference between prayer and meditation. And one talks about prayer being when you are making a request and communicating to God, asking, where meditation is more like receiving and listening. So they are similar, really, in nature. But at the end of the day, being able to tune and tap in to yourself, which if we understand who we are, then we know that God resides in us, right? So being able to come in alignment and just have that moment in time when you are able to communicate with the God through your prayer and tap into what he's giving you and what he's providing you through listening through the meditation by being right in tune with yourself, which is God. I, I, oh, I, those, that's a strong point. Like I say, I love it. Meditation is something I'm going to try to focus on. So thank you, Akita. Thank you, Lakashe. I love you all for that. It's, it's going to help me be better. So please, y'all been talking about me. Well, we about help each other be better. So I really appreciate you all. Y'all been telling me you need to meditate, <laughs> Akima. You need to meditate. So thank you, sisters. I'll tell you what I like to do. Aromatherapy goes a long way. I mean, I come in oh, from work, oh, yes. I'll burn my jasmine oil, and when I say it just... Oh my God, it takes me from work mindset to peace. And I am loving it. When I burn my jasmine oil, I love it. Uh, another mm. thing that I like to do is get massages, go to a spa. Yes, we don't yes, know how yes. important that being pampered and having someone just focus on different parts of your body that receive stress or, or, or stress may affect your body parts in negative ways. And just going to get a massage goes a long way you felt you walk out feeling like a new woman i was so mm-hmm. anti-massage and i a, a friend of mine who actually uh go and do massages she says you got to do it you got to try it so i went ahead and did it and i am hooked so i would tell any woman go get you a massage whether it's a foot massage or if it's a deep yes. tissue or if it's whatever sweetest massage do something and if you got to take a girlfriend just to make it an outing go ahead and do that it's, it's nothing wrong with that um, another thing that is very popular, a lot of women um, do is yoga. Now that's something that yeah. I'm trying to get into. I've been trying to research uh, Egyptian yoga. That's what I want to learn okay. more about. Okay. Um, yeah. But there are different types of yoga. I'm not a yoga expert, so yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to speak a whole lot on yoga. But that's a direction that I'm going 
going to. So um, any of our, 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 our listening audience, if you know a lot about yoga, please go on the Conversations with Royal Empress um, Facebook page. Share share what you know about yoga. I need to be taught. I'm, I'm ready to learn. So please share <laughs> that with me. Share that with us and so that our other our listening audience could also see it as well. We'll use that as an avenue for us to share information among each other. So those are things that Absolutely. I'm doing and trying to do. So. Either, right. well, we're not trying to do anything. We're going to do it. We ain't trying. Yes, we yes, yes. Positive language. We're going to remove the try from those. Yes, we're going to remove that. I love we're it. Thank you, like it. We're going to do it because cause it's, it's, it's so important. You know, um, and like um, Dr. Hakima, like you mentioned, like Akira mentioned, you know, there are so many things that we can do, whether it's take five, take 10, take 20. I know for me, what I used to do, and I still do this, I kind of, um, have made my car a sanctuary. <laughs> so if I'm at a light, if I'm driving on my way to a meeting or, you know, on my way to see a client mm-hmm. or something, I use that time in my car mm. to just tune out. Mm. Not like I'm tuning out where if I drive, I might hit somebody. <laughs> I have to have control over the wheel, but I use it as an opportunity to just, I, I, I rarely listen to the radio or music or anything like that. I mean, I, I do listen to music, don't get me wrong, but when I'm in the car, I prefer to listen to more uplifting, positive things. You know, I like to listen to a lot of motivation or inspirational, oh, um, uplifting yeah. things. And I use my car time as my time to recharge. And then sometimes I just turn everything completely off. Um, my children will tell you, it's usually silent just because when I'm driving, it's so much that's taking place. I just like to tune out for a moment. I call it tapping in and tuning out, meaning I tap into myself and I tune out the rest of the world. And I create quiet. It's amazing how powerful our bodies are, how powerful our minds are, that we can create a calm, you know, in a storm. You know, as we're recording right now, I'm reminded of the hatred. Well, I don't know if I would even call it patriotism, um, but I'm hearing the firecrackers and things like that because this is that time of the year, right? Mm-hmm. As it gets close to right, so um, 4th, you know, people are popping off. But I'm reminded that I've tuned all of that out as I'm having this conversation with my sisters because I'm tapping in to the spirit that's right here mm-hmm. in this space. And I'm tuning the rest of the world out. And so when I'm in my car, shoot, people could be honking and blowing and sticking up their middle fingers and things like that. But I I block all those things out because right now I'm really focused on my me time. And then even when I get home, pull up in my driveway, I take 10, I take five. Sometimes my children will have to come out to the car and get me like mom you coming in i'm like right 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 i'll be in in a minute like what are you doing in there yeah Yeah, i mean because so that's my bathroom right because i can't get in the bathroom (laughs) and do that so i have to do that in my car but it's such a blessing just to know that we have the control to do that and so Mm. i tell my my sisters out there who are listening and my brothers if you're at work you know you work in an office or wherever you might be take your time it only takes a couple of moments you could be sitting at your desk or at the computer, you know, and just take a couple of moments to just tap inwardly and tune out the rest of the world for a moment, even if it just means thinking about five things that have made you happy. I love gratitude. I'm always talking about gratitude. It is appreciating what God has gifted us with. So even if it's nothing more than saying thank you, mm-hmm. thank you for the air that I breathe. Thank you for giving me eyesight. Thank you for whatever, whatever you want to be thankful for. And just watch how your spirit is elevated to all-time high. So it's so many things that we can do. If we don't have money to take a vacation, that's okay. Retreat within your own mind. Do you know how many times I've been to the Bahamas, y'all? I've been to Jamaica <laughs> a thousand times in my own mind. I promise you. I mean, I have been on the beach. Shoot, I've been to Dubai. I've been all around the world within the regions of my own mind. So I'm just saying, <laughs> create that space. Create that in your mind. You know, you all know I'm all about holistic wellness and health. So oh, anything yes. related to wellness and health, I'm, I'm about it, about it. So, hey, take a vacation. That's okay. You know, You'll catch a real flight, you know, maybe after you save up a couple of the, those, um, stack a couple of those dollars. 
But go ahead and, you know, catch one within your mind. Fly wherever you want to fly to. <laughs> yeah, listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're sharing that, like I said, because our listeners need to know you. You are very holistic, very spiritual sister. I just want the listeners to know, if you ever hang out with Lakashe, her phone is ringing off the hood. People texting her, and they all got, invite, they all got questions on, on what they should do for their health, because I, I have done it. Lakashe, my stomach hurts. She telling me, girl, do a 14-day lemonade fast. Pain gone. You know, you call her, some, 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 some. This was wrong with me. Oh, do this, and it worked. I mean, people are always coming to her. Girl, thank you so much. And I'm like, what is this? So I just want our I'm listeners good. to know that it, when it comes to holistic health, she is, I don't care if it's diet related, I don't care if it's prayer related, meditation related, it doesn't matter. Herbs related, this woman is the one to rely on to call I'm because honored. I Thank do you, it. Dr. So I just Hakeem. have to put that out there. That. That's so, so <laughs> kind. I'm, I'm humbled and all praise is due to the true and living God for that. Thank you. Yeah, I hit her up too. <laughs> she she said she hit me okay, up. Okay, right? She said she hit me up too. Right, she is. You want the best herbal tea? You need to go to Akila's house. I'm just saying. I'm still waiting on my cup, Akila. I'm still waiting on my. We cup. gonna have people at your front door, Akila. Come on, you got some herbal well, they, tea. They said it. They said it on the podcast. <laughs> she get her tea from another country. That's how good it is. She don't want the, the, the domestic oh, tea. She wants the international tea. She came out to the She had got some tea. I said, girl, I got tea. You didn't have to go to the store to get that. <laughs> yeah, I told her. She should have told me. What, she should have told me. I'm going to have tea here for you. She know I got to have my chai tea. She had chai tea. I could have had her chai tea, the expensive kind, international kind. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but we, we do. There are, yeah, but there are so many things. And, you know, Hakeem, when you're talking about the yoga, and we're not going to take the listeners' time up with this, so we'll talk later on and you know i guess if the listeners want to know more they can ask some questions but i do know a lot about yoga and i actually have practiced yoga for over 20 years and actually went to school to teach yoga but because what? <laughs> i didn't know that we got jewels we got all kind of jewels and gems up in this royal empress piece see she didn't tell me about that because i'm always relying on her her legal legal expertise my bad i should tap into your yoga expertise well, you know and we not your legal crowns, expertise y'all. right <laughs> we wear many crowns right what i was going to say is though but i did not finish because what we're talking about right now we are doing so much and juggling so much that because I'm always doing everything, I, didn't, I couldn't go to my workshops that I needed to go to to get my actual certification. So wow. yes, but okay. here's the thing, when you talk about the Egyptian yoga, yes, actually at, at the retreat we just did in March, that was my instructor does comedic yoga. Oh, um, so I'm coming to your house then for my <laughs> yoga class. <laughs> That's what she did. So that's actually what we do at our women's retreat is Egyptian yoga. Okay, okay. So I can and, you, you and to our listeners, if you want to learn more about the retreat, you got to go to our Royal Empress page because Akilah's going to share. She has been sharing, but she's going to share some more information about her annual retreat. I don't want to go into it here. We want you to go to the Royal Empress page so we can learn more about this wonderful retreat. Yeah. But but take That's retreats. It doesn't have to be with me. There are lots of retreats out there when we're talking about stress and getting rid of it. And as Lucky uh, Shay was talking about, tapping out, right? You want to tap out mm-hmm. from the world. And that's one of the ways to do it. Women, women gathering together. We've always been a resource for one another. We always, you know, we get together. And that's one way to do it. Seriously, I, I, I highly recommend healing retreats to reduce stress and come back renewed. So many things, so many things. And it's a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing that we have options and that we're not just stuck because everything may not fit everybody. Some people may not want to do um, meditation. Some people may not want to pray. Some people may not want to take a retreat. But the beautiful thing is we've given you many options. Um, because we know being women, we are very diverse in what we like and what we desire. So it's so many things that you can tap into, even if it's just simply taking a walk, you know. So that's the wonderful thing, the diversity of what you can do to reduce stress. We definitely want to thank our listener audience 
for tuning in this week. Um, it's a very powerful message. Um, we definitely wanted to bring something to you that would be of some great value, something that we know that our sisters need. We needed it ourselves, and we just we shared. We invited you in and shared a lot about our own personal information and our own personal obstacles. So we hope that you learned a lot today from us. And we look forward to having you join us in next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit our website at www royalempress.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter.